Thank you for tuning in to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Here, let's uh, let's just hey, let's just jump right in, fellas. What's going on? Welcome back to the Restoration Podcast. How's everybody doing? Yo, Dave. What's up, James? How's it going? Glad to be back. What's James, up, man? It's like ice James, cream sandwich your... time. Hell yeah, dude. James, do you give yourself a COVID haircut, man? Looks. I did. Do you give yourself... no, this is, it looks good. This, it looks solid. This is my this is my normal haircut. Everything after everything longer than this just gets deranged. <laughs> yeah, I can now. see that. The fluffy sides. It's no good. Oh, I hate the fluffy sides. They grow on so fast. And <laughs> the top. Look like a mad scientist after three weeks. <laughs> the the true question is, though, is that a mint chocolate chip ice cream? Oh, dude, you picked out the mint. Nice. I yeah. saw the green. I saw the green. James <laughs> has excellent, excellent lighting in his uh, in his office. We can tell the colors. No problem. Looks good. Yeah, there's no labeling on it. Nice, nice job. My yes, kids have eaten. My kids have eaten me out of house and home. The other day, I had a box of like 24 popsicles. And they've completely disappeared in like three days. <laughs> I, nice. I'm out of out of desserts in my house. It's so sad. Well, ladies and gentlemen, viewers, welcome back. If you can't tell already, welcome to another shooting the ship in the shop with James, Ooh. Evan, and Dave. <laughs> we are still Got in quarantine. Some, yeah. Once again, catching up. But quarantine catch up with James, Evan, and Dave. <laughs> James may edit in some quarantine music in the background, perhaps. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? Got some updates for you. Little projects going on. Uh, Dave has got some exciting news. Well, I mean, he's he's always got exciting news because he's working on his power wagon. He seems like he gets something done every single day, which is awesome. Try so power wagons coming along. James, you got the Universal Woodwork coming along. Love it. You're also working on your uh, exterior of your house right now. Got your deck going on. I can't remember if you told the, the listeners about that previously. I'm sure you have, but we've got that project going, and I've just been doing some simple stuff in in my shop, and we've been working on um, – I did a repair on an Arbor Press, and I'm working on getting my parts list together for some shop uh, workbenches that I'm going to be putting in. Now that I have my new shop, it needs some new workbenches, so I'm getting that together, and hopefully we'll be able to run out to the – local home store to get those supplies and get it going so I can move my stuff in. You making your, making your bench out of uh, two by four maple, making a nice, uh, butcher I block. wish, I wish I'd, I'd love to do that. That would be amazing. But no, I, I just do the simple ones. It's, you know, easy to take care of. It's easy to build. I use uh, the four by fours for legs, two by fours to string them across to space them out. And I just get a piece of three quarter MDF that I screw to the top and it's worked out great. The one like, I've had yeah. so far. Yeah, most of my I like, benches I like are the like MDF that. tops. Yeah, yep. and, then I'll, and then I'll double down on the top because then I can just screw directly into it. I can paint all over it and just get crap all over it. And once it gets so trashed, cut right into it. Nothing's, yeah. nothing's more awesome than using your um, circular saw and just like plowing through your piece right on your – Yeah. <laughs> you can just throw it away. Just not caring at all. <laughs> oh, it feels so good. Although, I'm pretty stoked. When, I'm, go ahead, oh, Dave. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, I'm really happy with the bench I built for my shop recently. It's uh, three-quarter inch plywood with a piece of three-quarter inch MDF on top of that. Just to give it a solid... I, I'm with you, James, 100%. Doubling up on the base, I feel like, really does 
make a huge difference going from having built some benches with a single single ply top versus the double ply top. It's so much more solid. It's like you can oh, feel yeah. it. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the uh, the workbench that that I currently have, the one that I did bring down to the basement uh, in my new shop, I have the piece of MDF uh, board on there that's been original to it, and you know it has the typical big grease stain in the middle paint flex here and there, you know, all, all the schmoo from the past three years that I've been putting on it. And, you know, my, my dad was helping me move in and we brought that piece down and he was saying, Oh, well, don't you want to flip this over? Cause the other side is completely clean and pristine, you know, brand new. And I'm like, don't you want to flip this over? And I'm like, absolutely not. I worked hard on that grease stain. I'm putting it right there. I'm, I'm keeping it. <laughs> yeah. They look weird when they're dirty like that. It's like, it's a, it's like a showpiece. It's like the GI Joe workshop that has no yeah. straight out of the packaging. Yeah, it looks crap. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, so when I build so, those new ones, I'm totally gonna, you know, grease them up. I've got projects in the queue. I've got stuff I need to do. So I'm, I'm gonna be working on that. And part, part of my holdup is that a lot of the stuff is still in the garage, but I have to have the new workbenches in order to store it all. So that's that's sure. my hold up on projects right now so as soon as i get the new benches built i can move all my stuff downstairs and then i can get get rolling on things and i'm excited to do that because my summer's starting soon you know it's exciting times so i feel like i'm gonna do, be able to get some stuff done soon do you do anything extra to support the weight of like heavy stuff because obviously we all work on really heavy heavy duty stuff and and most of your vices weigh more than i do so i'm just curious what do you do to make sure they're well supported if anything well so like my biggest vice, my Athol 628, you know, it weighs 306 pounds by itself. I bought a dedicated cast iron base just for that. So it sits right. on there. I put a piece of three quarter inch um, hot rolled plate on top, drilled some holes to uh, bolt the swivel base to. I put that on there. Um, my lighter vices, you know, the typical ones that you would see on a workbench, you never really see an eight inch vice up on a wooden homemade workbench. Um, mm. You need heavy duty stuff for that. Yeah. So, well, see, like if I, if I put the eight inch vice up on the workbench and if I didn't have it bolted to the wall, it'd probably tip the workbench over if I extended it the whole way out. So (laughs) one of those on a two by four caster workbench, just roll it around. Yeah, no, no, no way. Not going to happen. You could put it on top of one of those little black and Decker shop mates. That'd be fine. Yeah. You'll, you'll be losing fingers and toes real quick with that. <laughs> but for my for my quote-unquote smaller vices, I I only – and any vice that I use isn't smaller than six-inch jaws. That's kind of been my, my niche where I, I get locked into. I love buying vices with six-inch jaws. they just like the perfect size for me. I, I love it. So I have two on my main workbench. Now, my main workbench is almost nine feet long, so they're not – it's it's not crowded i got plenty of workspace i have one on each end and depending what i feel that day i choose the one i want to work on but each one of those is directly over one of the four by four legs so anything that gets put there is supported and taken care of it's not like in the middle or it's not going to bow the bench um so i always i always have a support underneath of it gotcha yeah i was I feel like sometimes I've considered – actually, on one of my benches, I had put a third or an extra leg on the corner to support yeah. it. And it looked funny, but, like, it it was great because it kept any flexion down. It was – I mean, it was a dedicated vice corner kind of deal. I was just curious Absolutely. if you had anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. The, the, the nice thing is, though, is that with a wooden workbench, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not as sturdy as 
finding some, you know, inch thick steel plate and welding legs to it. But the nice thing about the wooden ones is that no matter what uh, constraints you have, what you need to build in, if you have a corner, if you have a smaller space or you want to put a certain thing there with the wooden ones, you can still make it beefy. You can attach it to the wall. I mean, four by fours, they're not going anywhere. I don't care how hard, what, what you put on there, you're not going to crush a four by four. I like I like putting them on uh, a wood base too, if you're attaching it to your bench or your house, because it'll dampen the vibration, so you won't send it all into the floor, or all into the wood. If you have in your shop in the basement, it's not gonna it's not gonna move the entire house on you and your family. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I've right seen the some concrete bed. I've seen some an amazing thing. I, I want to share it. It'll give a, give a shout out to um, a person I follow on Instagram, uh, caveman welder. He's at caveman welder on Instagram and he lives out in California and he owns a, like a, a metal shop. I'm not sure. He just does general fabrication welding. He's, he's a perfectionist welder. And what he does is he restores these vices to like pristine, better than factory condition they are immaculate mm -hmm. and what he does is really cool because he has big steel tables with thick steel tops on them where you know they're pristine they don't have any holes drilled in them and i i can understand why he wouldn't want to drill holes in these tables because they're they're beautiful and he takes each one of his vices and mounts them to their own piece of three-quarter inch plate and then he can take whatever vice he plans on using and puts it up on the corner and then clamps it to the table that he already has. So in mm. one one vice isn't dedicated to that corner. So he can use – if he needs one that's smaller, he can put that up there. If he needs a bigger one, if he needs pipe jaws, it, it, it's it's a wonderful setup. And I, I wish I could have something like that. But, you know, finding one-inch steel plate that doesn't cost $2,000 is, is crazy. <laughs> is this yeah, – right. Cave, caveman custom welding no it's caveman welder at caveman welder all one word well he, he's a he's a guy um his his profile picture he's it's a it's a guy welding he's got a welding helmet on yep oh yeah whoa yeah he's he got does some huge following Dang. amazing stuff he's he's a great guy cool uh, I've, I've talked to him uh several times and you know we we kind of bonded slightly over vices because he does some great work and Every time I post something, I always tag him. And when he posts stuff about vices, he always tags me because it's just it's beautiful to see. I love it. You should that's check so him cool. out. Oh, yeah. I that, that's good stuff. I love that modular concept. I feel like that really makes sense for a lot of, you know, if you have a lot of different vices or a lot of different things that you're able to do a modular setup like that. And especially if you're in a limited size environment, I think that that kind of makes sense. Like I was joking before about the Black & Decker Shopmate, but I love those. My buddy showed me his setup. He has a small garage and he uses a shop mate with um, all of his different tools have a insert that is designed to fit between those collapsible, those compressing, you know, wooden jaws on that, mm -hmm. that bench top. Yep, yep. And so if he needs to mount his mounting a, uh, a cutoff saw or uh, like a like a router jig or some kind of anything at all, like he can just clamp it right into it. All of his tools have these wooden bases on them that are designed to go into that. And it's like a great you know it's a great small shop solution I, I dig the modularity so i feel like that's kind of yeah. the same i was kind of hoping you were going to say that his vices would had a, had a one inch plate that would just go in another vice <laughs> no i'm, I'm sure he does have that option yeah i'm sure he could but no yeah he, he does amazing work with with vices way like 
the vices are, are perfection. He, he's a perfectionist. Yeah. And sometimes with vices, they, they were built very well. But sometimes, you know, when they had a hole drilled for a swivel base, they just kind of drilled the hole. They didn't make it like perfect. Well, he yeah. goes through and makes it perfect. That's cool. So like where the jaws, they will come together perfectly. And his handles, the handles on his vices, he can spin them with one finger. And when they close, they're always straight up and down. He times the handles to when the jaws close, they're perfectly 12 <laughs> and 6. It's amazing. That's gnarly. That's gnarly. I like that. That's sick. I just, just hearing that, I went from 6 to 12. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, it's it, yeah, you, you got to check him out if you haven't done that already. I, Very uh, cool, man. I, if, if we're shouting out people on Instagram, um, have you guys seen Chris Norman? No. Chris Norman, uh, he's an yeah, artist. Yeah, I have. Yep. But he, he's got um, two Instagram accounts, Christopher Norman Projects. Um, but all of his projects are made on an Oliver 102. Have you seen this? Nice, nice. Oh my God, it it is incredible. It's like the ultimate pattern maker woodworking. It it's basically like a woodworking bridge port, but it's got a twenty two foot deck with all Holy kinds of swiveling bases. And he That's got it. Awesome. He got it in in really good condition from a shop that was getting rid of it, and with every cutter fly cutter head imaginable, and like all the bells and whistles. And his mm-hmm. photography on both of his Instagrams is incredible. Like the way he has his whole shop set up is it, it is this machine. Everything is framed around this machine. He puts, you know, big, you know, four foot by four foot by, you know, 10 foot long solid piece of wood. And he just mills out, you know, huge, like one foot slots in it and makes uh, like benches out of a single log. It's super, super cool. That's, that's gnarly. Dude. Awesome. It is it is awesome for for big big machine lovers out there. Um, the Oliver One Hundred Two on Instagram is incredible. I gotta look him Absolutely. up. So jealous. <laughs> just, Speaking just of uh, a, a YouTube walkthrough of his whole machine, and then he posted his first episode of him taking a, a raw chunk of I don't know. It looked like maple, but it, it could have been um, something else. Ash maybe and um mm-hmm. starting to do the first passes on it with the machines awesome. i'll have to check that out for sure yeah hell yeah dude so speaking of machines we we had a little bit of a universal woodworker scare the other day <laughs> there was a tech we had exchanged text over a new universal woodworker for james and i was so excited to see another universal yeah. woodworker listed that, but that, apparently that takes apparently, the 12 back down to six Oh yeah, the the yeah. definition of universal woodworker, I guess, is a uh, is a little more vast than we had anticipated. Now, Evan, Evan posted this picture. He he sent them text. Evan, do you have a a like a follow like a saved uh, search for universal woodworker on your Facebook or something? You must. <laughs> I I honestly honestly I don't know how it came up. I I I get the most random things in my feed for for marketplace, and that yeah. just popped up. And you know when I clicked on it. It, it said Universal Woodworker, and I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. It's, you know, such and such, whatever brand, XYZ, Universal yeah. Woodworker. But it was like the most basic home gamer. It wasn't a shopsmith. It was like a, it was like a crackhead shopsmith. It was, 
it was a drill press and a lathe on the most junk frame I've ever seen. It's like if somebody didn't even want to try and get close to being a shopsmith. It's like they gave up after two machines and then they just yeah. takes bent, bent steel and like, okay, it's a frame and I glued two things together. You know what? The funny thing when I was thinking about it, we got to post it. We'll post the picture up on the Instagram. But this thing, it looked like it didn't even look like Harbor Freight. It looked worse than Harbor Freight. It yeah. looked like, yeah, like some dude, some fabric cobbler made like one or two of these things and had like a nice label made for it and called it, called it a universal woodworker. It's like, no, I don't, I don't even know. It looked like it could have been American made like in someone's basement. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, talking about shopsmiths though, those things are, I've never owned one personally, but I, I always thought those were fascinating, you know, because it, you know, all the, the idea of having, you know, all these separate tools is, is very appealing to me, but, you know, a lot of people don't have nearly the space that, that, that we have, you know, they might have a shed, they might have um, part of a garage that they use for their woodworking and a shopsmith is, you know, a, a valuable tool to have because you can convert that to, I, I can't remember how many, I think it's five or six different machines. I feel like it's five and one. I could be wrong. Yeah. That's so, the most classic one is five and one and they are really versatile as long as you keep them in, good repair um but there's a lot sure. of moving parts and it's not if you wanted to go into uh building something efficiently there's a lot of setup and takedown time to go from table saw to band saw to drill press but if you just wanted it for the one-off project it's wonderful um hmm. but finding everything that'll swivel nice all the locks are there everything leveling out um it, it's its own subsect of of um combination machines they go for a good dollar if you um if you have yeah. one working order and all the bells and whistles and knobs are all in working order but yeah it, you kind of have to have a niche people want to have want to have that set up and it's nice because it doesn't weigh a lot so you can roll it in and out of your garage uh out to the middle of your garage use it and then stow it away it's not like my thing which will define a garage or a room <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah they're really nice machines if, if that's what uh if you just want it all in one solution. Yeah. I feel I feel like I remember seeing those when I was a kid, like at Heckinger's or like oh, Heckinger's. Home Depot when they Love were early. Yeah. Yeah, Heckinger's, man. That was my first there was one of those in my neighborhood growing up. I had one I mean, right my up dad the would street go there all the time. Me. Yep. Is that now that that must be an East Coast do you guys have, did you have Heckinger's growing up uh, up north there, bro? Or wait, you're originally from Norfolk, right? I'm all over the place. Uh, born in California, raised that's in North, right, that's North right. Virginia, now living in North I know, uh, being in Virginia, I know Heckinger's. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That was, that was a lot of fun. That was like, I felt like that was a real hardware store. Maybe yeah. it's just nostalgia, but I, I don't Dude, know. The, the Heckinger's that was by me was the size of what Lowe's is now. Yeah. They were huge. They were big. They were like the first big box hardware store, I think. Maybe, maybe yeah. on the East Coast. But uh, every yeah, once in a saying? while, in an antique store, I see the old um, carpenters, you know, tool belt that says Heckinger's on it, and I'm like, uh, oh man, that brings it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I definitely remember riding around in the basket, and my dad like putting me on like Cub Cadet trackers that were inside, kind of deal. Yeah. Like great, great memories. That. Was, yeah, that was my early hardware store. I don't think there really were any other hard st hardware stores in my neighborhood. I guess Ace has been around for a long time. Yep, yep. I, I, like I actually just got smaller. Did they used to be bigger? 
I, I maybe I got bigger and they shrunk with my perspective, but <laughs> sure, I feel like that's, aces that's... used to be huge. And at least it may be just moving from place to place. I've, I've encountered smaller ones as I've gone. Interesting. You know, I learned an interesting fact about them the other day. They, their jingle changed, you know, Ace is the place with the help for hardware folks. Yeah. They had, they, they changed uh, to be a little more inclusive. It used to be Ace is the place with the helpful hardware man. Very mm-hmm. triggering. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I, true, I, I true. Where I, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, it's fine. It's cool. I, I'm all about inclusivity and making fun of it, but. <laughs> <laughs> You're all folks to me. Hey, listen, I get it. What else? Yeah. Uh, but he had, yeah. They used to sell like cool tools like that. My dad, I remember my dad explained to me what a lathe was at like, I don't know, seven. I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know. <laughs> Thanks, like, oh, dad. yeah, you could, yeah, you could make wood spindles on this. I'm like, I don't know what wood or spindles are, dad. Like, oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it's good stuff. How is the Universal Woodworking Woodworker coming? Have you had a chance to do any work on it, bud? No, I told you guys about my scare last weekend of trying to lift it solo without a engine right, hoist. Right. And ah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think I don't think we recorded that part because that wasn't part of the topic. But yeah, that uh, did not go well. I ended up crushing a bunch of my sketchy uh, support structure to make that happen. So I quickly put it back down. So I have not um, jumped on anything significant for that. I've done a lot of cleaning. Um, That's good. The um, bandsaw, the main bandsaw table was kind of junk, uh, at least from the surface condition. So I kind of buffed out some of the rust that was forming on that, but nice. nothing, nothing impressive. I've been, I don't think I've talked about it before on the podcast. We're working on our front porch. It's our quarantine project. Um, our little front stoop was barely big enough for the screen door swing radius actually the screen door couldn't open all the way against the house because it would hit the side railing it was only mm-hmm. three by eight feet so yeah. uh, we're upgrading the front porch to be eight by 16 um so this actually today i finally got everything done all the way up to the deck boards so we can go out and use the front door again which is super nice um and i can go a little bit slower just working on the roof i really only need the roof to be ready before winter um so it's really nice to be off the ground it's really nice to have everything level uh because that makes doing a roof really easy looks awesome dude from the pictures yeah it does and crushing it yeah it's fun uh you gotta go a little slower uh when you're just working solo takes a lot longer to like pull a string line actually that's been my biggest problem is i've been using string lines by myself and my string line level is just one of those super cheap plastic string lines uh, bubbles and the hooks on those are starting to go so i have to like double and triple check everything because if the bubble's off or the hook's off then i'll pull a line and then across the feet it'll be you know out by half inch quarter inch and i'll have to double triple check it before i sink all my nails and and um, bolts so that was really frustrating and i went to the hardware store today uh and they don't have anything nicer like uh, Home Depot, the nicest thing they have, the little plastic $2 bubble level. I thought I was like, that, that's it. I'm going to go buy a $15 bubble level, and I'll just have a perfect bubble level for the rest of my constructing days. And I guess that's just right. not a thing. I think they're 
considered a consumable because they probably get stepped yeah. on. Starrett Starrett made them. Uh, they, I mean, you think of Starrett and you think of ultra precision tools, mm-hmm. and but Starrett made these the the chalk line bubble levels, and you can get them for like twenty bucks on eBay. I I highly recommend it. Um, you should check them out, and I'm sh- I'm sure they would last a lot longer than anything you could buy from the the, the hardware store now. Even That's awesome. Books to last a few right. years would be better because I can barely make one of those bubble levels last a season because I'm always stick framing something around my property. And Lord help me, every time I get to the end of the property or the end of the project, I start losing faith in my level, which can just be, make everything <laughs> a mess. Right. So frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like that's just sort of a great uh, reflection of a greater frustration with like the consumable society. Like, what's the point of even making stuff like that? You know, I right. get it. Let's trying to cut costs and make stuff so you got to buy the next one. But very frustrating. I, I hear your pain, dude. That's no good. Oh, hey, guys, you guys, everybody out there in listener land, consumer notice, red alert. I hope you guys all went through and turned in your Harbor Freight jack stands. Oh, yes. You will no. be very much the crush. What? What is this? I, I have, Harbor I have Freight. Two. I have two. Harbor Freight is recalling certain jack stands because they have the possibility of collapsing. So you need to go on to their website and they have the recall notice and they tell you how to identify if your jack stand is one of the affected models. And you should immediately discontinue use of those, yep. lest you lose body parts when you're That's working life. on a vehicle. <laughs> I have put myself in so many precarious situations under jack stands. Well, the problem yeah, man. is they came with the jack from Harbor Freight, and that's like actually a nice thing you can get there. So yeah. uh, maybe it's just comfort by association, but it was the same purchase and they've lasted like 10 years now so um but if i get free are they replacing them or just refunding them like they don't have a solution just don't i cannot remember but i know they said stop using them and i don't know if they're taking them back or i don't know if they're exchanging them somehow i don't know all the details you got to check it out on the website but i know that there's a recall on them so i would assume if it's a recall you got to bring them back or otherwise return them somehow yeah that's uh yeah that's scary but good on them for actually owning that you know they I feel like most of their products kind of are prone to failure I'm surprised they don't just be like well yeah just buy the the product warranty the warranty package for it you know it's like well yeah true but I, what I want to what I want to know is that you know recalls happen because something happens so yeah. how many people out there got crushed or hurt because their jack stands failed yeah. I hope it wasn't a lot. Yeah, right. Jeez. I, I I think AVE was talking something on recently about he did like a PSA on them. I guess something about the, the dyes or the the molds or something was starting to get wallered out. It was causing it to the ratchet not to work as okay. designed. Um, I guess that makes sense. I, I, I'm not sure exactly how they're constructed, but I assume usually the those teeth are kind of it's like a forging. Um, yeah, I, yeah. there's no way they'd be cast. They wouldn't hold up the weight. Um, so I guess the, the forge dies are starting to get, get all chattered out. Well, I'm, I'm sure they've made edges. millions, millions of those jack stands Easy. over the, over the life of those dies. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's an interesting topic. I, we never really, you know, 
touched on that where all these machinery and machines, they, a lot of the stuff we work with is just castings, but you know, there were heavy duty forgings and, and those are all made from, from, from dyes made out of, out of metal. And, you know, eventually they wear out. So if you say have a, if you have a machine from the very earliest production of the model, you'll see, you know, nice crisp lines. If there's a forging on it, it'll be nice and perfect. But when you get down to uh, maybe the last production of, of the same model, you'll start to notice that things aren't as crisp and clean as they were because, you know, those forgings, that, that dye takes a lot of pressure hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times to make those parts. And eventually they wear out and it's, it's, um, you know, it's a big investment, but it, it makes the, it's, it's pretty profitable to have that, that die. Cause you can make a whole bunch of parts for only making one, one die for it. Right. It's interesting. I, I've, I'm, I've been a big fan of AV, AV eats channel for many years. And, um, just the, the detail that he's kind of exposed me to, as far as when you look at cast cast a lot of like the plastic injection molded stuff yeah looking at the detail that is imprinted on the plastic tools from the the die i guess they'd be dyes or molds and you can yep. see a lot of times repairs and things like that if you really know what you're looking for and you kind of learn by watching a lot of ave videos yeah just like all the different things that are, are done um to to increase the life of those tools because like you said they're they're very costly to make they take a lot of precision and they're highly polished and et cetera et cetera and if they when they start breaking and wearing out there it's much cheaper to repair them than to, to buy new yeah or to have them especially especially the uh the plastics that are glass fiber reinforced i mm -hmm. i never i never knew this but it makes sense you know if you take a plastic they call them a clamshell you know like a, a right. drill it's it's split in half and you can undo all the screws on the one side and you could take the whole side of the drill off well somewhere on that piece of plastic you know there's all the webbing and stuff to give it strength but then somewhere there's a little you know, date stamp or time stamp to let you know what, you know, what shift or what uh, factory made this certain thing. And then they usually have a specification where it says ABS for ABS plastic, or they say uh, GF 10, which means glass fiber reinforced 10%. So there's yep. plastic with glass fiber in it. And they, there's a whole bunch of different plastics. I, I never knew how many plastics there were. And he actually does AVE does a great video on how to identify plastics just from their smell now or how they burn. So, you know, sure, I, yeah. I, I am not recommending in any way to go burn plastic and smell it, but <laughs> certain plastics burn a certain way and you can identify them by the way they burn. Um, and he, he has the whole video on it. So I, I suggest you watch that first. Please do not just go start melting plastic and, and smelling <laughs> it and trying to figure it out. Um, but it is interesting to know that you can figure out a random piece of plastic just by the way it burns. Mm. Yes, very, very interesting. James, are you an AVE fan? Yeah, I uh, I don't have a whole lot of time to watch it, but sure. I enjoy, enjoy picking through their stuff. Yeah, he's a maniac. I, I, I love his content. It's so informative, and it's funny, and, uh, like, I, I just I, – I'm so curious about – who he is and what his story is. Cause he's, you know, he's a mystery man. He only ever shows his hands and you know, it's, it's, it's what you wonder what he's got a PhD in or, you know, like uh, he's, he's like, uh, he's the, the Jack of all trades, but he's the King of Jack of all trades. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a single, I mean, anybody who puts their mind to it, there's nothing you can't do, but this guy is like, he, 
he just he thinks a different way. I, I believe he's some sort of, sort sort of engineer or something yeah. like that. And he just the way he analyzes things and analyzes products and and you know the safety of products or how well they're made. His his tour views are always top notch because they're they're honest and they and they bring you a a level of of honesty that you will never find from any Amazon listing review or even from the manufacturer's website, they'll, they'll blow smoke right up your, you know what? And he tells it like it is. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's admirable for sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, actually, I wound up becoming a patron of his just cause like there's, there's some additional, he gives a little bit of additional content. The, the forum on Patreon for his, for his material is really good. Just, there's a little bit, you get a little bit more, um, and it's cool, like that kind of keeps his content legit because he's yeah. got fifteen thousand patrons that support his channel that allows him to buy pretty much anything he wants to review. That's how he how that's how he does the reviews because he doesn't accept any tools from manufacturers because they always you know that would introduce bias. He wants to buy it on his own accord and test it out he, and not have any strings attached. Right, right. It is and, hard to. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we, we've mentioned several channels and several uh, people so far this episode. And and I just want to put it out there, you know, that we're in no way, you know, compensated or, or a part of any of their of their programs. We just as as practitioners in our own right, we we look to these individuals and and and, and you know, accept their their criticisms and their their uh what am I trying to say here? There are there pros and cons no of, idea. of the of the items <laughs> of the of the items that they they go through, and you know we're we're just shouting them out because they provide honest feedback and they're and they're 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 great practitioners of their own uh, now, crafts. Now, right? Dave, were you saying A E B? I think it's A V E, right? Yeah, A V Alpha Victor Edward. Yeah, yeah. A-V-E. Okay, you were throwing me off A E V. I was like America's. That's it. Video? Well, listen, I'm I'm <laughs> dyslexic. There's a hundred percent chance that I got that wrong. So you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. No. A, make sure everybody gets that right. A, B. Yeah. It's James really is watching America's Funniest Home Videos online. Like, <laughs> well, I'm trying to I'm learning, was. I'm not learning anything about glass fiber reinforced plastic on this. None of these videos are that funny. Why is Bob Saget well, on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, on that they might be burning plastics and smelling them, but yeah. <laughs> Oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay, talk to us about the truck, man. I don't think we've talked uh, much on the podcast about your truck progress. Um, so I just got the uh, I just got the engine back. Uh, if you're just joining us, I'm restoring a 1958 Dodge Power Wagon. Um, so the engine went off to the machine shop maybe a month ago. That feels about right. Um, and they, they did a ton of operations on it. So apparently I don't know anything about engines at all, uh, which I'm owning wholeheartedly, but I thought it looked, I thought it looked pretty good. I was looking at it like, Oh yeah, it's probably fine. You know, no problem. Just kind of throw some, throw some WD 40 on there and put it back together and run it. Um, (laughs) apparently there were some like major gouges in the cylinder bores. Um, the head, like the, the head surface, the deck was all Cali Wampus and had a terrible surface finish and was going to leak nice. fluids everywhere. 
It was full of rust on the inside. I mean, the guy basically was like, listen, we pretty much had to replace everything on this or re-machine re, uh, every surface that mattered on this thing because it just, it just got trashed <laughs> when it was, you know, in use. Whether oil, you know, low maintenance, uh, didn't get good oil changes, you know, probably was just, you know, run hard and left put up wet kind of every time sort of deal. I mean, it was like yeah. a the damn truck. It was like a... Um, it was like a landscape truck. They probably took it off road and everywhere. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. So, just pause. Pause one second. Sorry. If 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 Dave was a meme here, Dave would be the meme of the dog sitting at the table with the fire around him, saying, "This is fine." <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of how I am in life. I'm not yeah. even gonna lie. <laughs> this is okay. This is fine. <laughs> yeah no legit man i mean it's one of those things like you just i feel like in this hobby you really don't know what you don't know uh and and it's easy to to look at it with an eye of like okay i'm kind of familiar with machinery and, and working on tools and stuff like that and the surface finish if it looks good it's fine you know critical mating surfaces uh, you know, look, it's shiny. It's fine. No, it's well, like, I don't know anything. You know, so, like yeah, the engine, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if you would have taken it apart and, you know, bought some new internals, maybe a new crankshaft, new pistons, things like that, and put yeah. it back together, would it have ran? Probably. Would it have yeah. leaked like a sieve? Probably. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's the thing of, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing it right. Especially when you had the engine, torn down to its its basic components and yeah you know it's it what? do you have I any idea how many, how many miles were on it uh when you got it i do not i do not um no no clue and i mean even even if even if it was uh listed on there on the in the odometer which is completely smashed and busted um it, they could have been run backwards or they had a, could have had a cluster swap. Or, oh, the mechanical, yeah. Doesn't yeah. it just have a, a pinion drive that yeah. you can just run it backwards and get less miles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goes right into the transfer case. It's just a little, just a little pinion gear. Nothing fancy. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, but anyway, they did a fabulous job. A uh, big shout-out to Mailer Engine Service here in Delaware County uh, near Philadelphia. They, um, one of the Instagram, one of the people on Instagram was like, yo, you got to check out Mailer. They're awesome. He, uh, I love this guy to death, but he's, they, they made fun of him at the shop a lot. They called him Volvo kid. Cause he had like, he like souped up a Volvo. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, nice. Fine. But no, it's cool. Um, but no, they did a great job. So all the new made, all the mating surfaces are pristine again. Um, it's been cleaned inside and out. They bored the cylinders, uh, 60 over. They were 40 over when I gave it to them. So they made them bigger. They bought me or they, they went and got all the right parts for it. New oil pump, um, new pistons, new piston rings. The connecting rods have been reconditioned. Uh, the camshaft has been turned and polished. Uh, everything, 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 everything was done to it. So it's, it's, I'm really excited to get it back together and get it on there and get it running. Um, and it, it was kind of expensive. Uh, and I've been trying to, you know, save money on this project because it is an expensive undertaking, but I figure at this point, like I've said it on here before, if, if I spend money anywhere, it should be here because if it doesn't run and it runs, if it runs crappy, what's the point? You know, it's like a yeah. paperweight. So, yeah, that's uh, making good progress. Right now, I'm working on the, the frame. 
frame is completely stripped. I just got uh, a bunch of products from Eastwood that I'm going to be using to paint the frame and seal in the flavors on that. It's like a rust converting base paint. And then I'm going to be painting it black with like a, like more, more heavy duty paint. And then I've got the, my, my, my leaf spring packs are completely tore apart, reconditioning all the, all the steel on the springs. That's, you know, that's almost done. So I'm just going to start putting this thing back together like a truck model, man. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to go together. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Did you end up getting the, uh, a new bed for it? I have, I've got a couple of lines on some, uh, this dude just bought three. This one of the guys I communicate with just bought three parts trucks that have the, the correct bed for it or for my truck on them. Um, and I, I'm trying to buy parts off of that guy. So, I mean, it, it's good. New parts for a bed are really expensive, so to get a, a get a used bed would be ideal. I'm telling you, you got to make your own custom parts and restorations bed. I, you know, I I like the stick bodies; they're cool. But like, I'm not a great woodworker. One and two, I feel like the express bed is just like it's the quintessential truck has the express bed. Got to have the express bed. We can we can make that a um, uh, what do they call that? Not a team up, damn it! I suck. Lingo. A collaboration. A collaboration. Uh, I will get the Universal Woodworker done in time that you can drive up and we can make a bed for it. We could do. We could do the. <laughs> we could make all the, the planking for it. You know, yeah. I was thinking about. I was thinking about going to like maybe I'll go out by uh, by Evan to, to Lancaster to farm. Yeah. Have him rough saw me some planks for it because I love that rough saw look. It, it'll yeah. make it look real tough. Got plenty of those out here. Tons and tons. Tons of them. Yeah, dude. That'll yeah, be awesome. Here, here's here's the thing. Dave doesn't know about this, but I'm putting it out there. If we get if we get five thousand downloads on this podcast, Dave will paint the power wagon pink. <laughs> oh, guess what? We have five thousand downloads on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> shout out to PPG Paints. I'm looking for code one zero one zero six nine for pink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Give me my address in the comment section. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Oh my god. Can you imagine? There would people so many people like would be out of their minds. Be like, you, would, you know, huh? You I would probably get the trolls. Literally literally oh, it would be so easy for the trolls that they wouldn't know how to even start and they all <laughs> all their heads would just pop off. Yeah. Oh, all the crusty old like farm dudes that are like in love with the power wagon like myself would just be like no. What have you, like, what have you done? <laughs> that no, that moment where you're driving in the middle of a storm and you pull out some trucker with your winch in your pink truck, <laughs> and you save, save his day, and he'll never be able to tell anybody about it. Dude, but yeah, true. But here, here's the plus side though. If if you painted it pink and you went to a like a a power wagon meetup, nobody would be talking about any other truck. They would all be talking about your truck. Yeah. Yeah. And I would be dead. I would be shot dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, so no, so I a, wouldn't have to hear any of it. <laughs> can't, can't, the, uh, the, the advertising people that do, uh, it's the wrong term, shrink wrap of cars, uh-huh. right? You could, you could shrink wrap it pink just for the Ooh. wow effect. And then you could yeah. shrink it back in a reveal, right? Oh, that would be hilarious. That's an idea. That's an idea. Yeah. Oh, the my car goodness. Wraps, so, much, yeah. so many possibilities. I, I like it. I actually decided what color I'm going to paint it. I've been on the Ooh, fence. Excellent. Is so that secret? No, it's not secret. It's fine. So 
there's a color that was made specifically for the Dodge Power Wagon in the early years of it. It was called uh, OD sea Green. <laughs> Seawolf sea Submarine Green. It's nice. cool. It's like a German kind of gray green. Oh, um, okay. But it's not like it's not that obnoxious. Like I don't know. There's some really very like I guess kind of loud greens that were Dodge original OEM paint schemes. But the Seawolf submarine green is like really cool. Uh, nice. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Finally made the decision. I've been on the fence for a while. Well, you made a lot of yeah. good progress. That's excellent. Yeah, it's coming along, dude. Fantastic. Yeah. Any um, you got any vices on the horizon, pal? I I'm working on a vice that's uh, well, I, I don't think this podcast will be posted before it's it's ended. So, um, I'm working on a vice that is at an auction currently. So I'll keep that hidden just in case. You yeah. Know, so I'm waiting for that to work out. It's at an auction, and I'm gonna I'm bidding on that currently. So hopefully that works out. And if if it does, I'll I'll be certain to share it. Uh, I'll know I'll know here by Wednesday, so I'll share it with the next week's podcast, whether I got it or not. May it's, we uh, ask, is this you, an you, industrial auction or like an eBay auction? Or no, it's an it's an industrial auction. You know, big. Okay. You know, old heavy duty warehouse, whole bunch of tools. You know, nice. there's over, Do over you think a thousand lots. Vice community is backstabby enough that they know that you have a podcast and are just waiting to leak any juicy details to steal from you. Well, no, because it, luckily we don't post until after most of the stuff is ended, so it's it's always uh, good. But, but tactics. There is, I I've seen it happen. I've heard it happen. I've had it happen to me not many times, but I once or twice where as soon as you tell somebody about that vice, they're gonna do everything that they can to go get it from you, like get it out from under you. They, mm-hmm. I've had people offer people more. I've had people offer. Uh, I've even heard a story of the person saying that, so like, okay, story time. The guy offered XYZ amount for this vice. The seller agreed. Another person, XYZ, saw this same vice and messaged the seller and said that they were told by the original buyer to go pick it up for them. And oh they went to the buyer's or the seller's house and picked up the vice from under them, under the guise of they were supposed to pick it up for their friend. That's oh so scumbagish. Yeah. What a world. Yeah. The vice community is, I guess not everybody. There's a bad apple in every bunch, but that's, that's awful. Yeah. Like, uh, Ooh, you should know. like gangs. Is it location wise? Like, is there an East coast, West coast? Vice yeah, group? yeah. I mean, there's, there's certain people <laughs> that, you know, kind of are in, certain areas and um you just you gotta go in there like if if there's something you want you don't tell anybody about it you get in your car and you go get it because as soon as you like there's people people online and i understand they they want sometimes when they're with their newer or they don't know something about a vice they put you know they, they take the pictures and post it to the the vice groups and they say hey what does everybody know about this and as soon as you do that they, there's there's bound to be people that have already seen it before you and they just go and get it instead of that person so i if there's something i want i will never post it until it's in my car 
That's just how it's I It's so slimy, man. I just can't believe people would be that backstabbing. Like that. I, I, I don't know. Do your own legwork. Don't don't take advantage of other people like that. I, I just... Especially if it's a rare vice or, or there's a great price or something. People, mm-hmm. they'll just go crazy over it. Vice mafia is out there trying yeah. to get you. Yeah, that's not how I roll. But some people do. No. Yeah, shame. It's a real shame. Any oh, other yeah. updates? Friends, I know we, we got talking about the power wagon. James is working on his porch. Uh, I'm trying to get some workbenches made. Any other things going on currently that uh, listeners might want to know about? So one thing I wanted to talk about, too, we talked about this in a previous podcast about project burnout. Um, I am absolutely there with this truck. So this is going to be a quick event session. Uh so the, I'm, I've got, I started out, I got the truck super excited, like spent every single moment of my free time at that shop, just getting dirty, filthy, getting all the rust off, like working my knuckles to the bone for, it's been, I'm trying to think how long it's been, uh, a couple months, I guess, has to have been a couple months. Um, but I am, I'm approaching burnout. I, I haven't gone to the shop in a few days to try and give myself a little bit of a little bit of distance. I actually went there the other night and just cleaned the place like thoroughly, thoroughly. Probably spent like I don't know four, probably five or six hours just really getting the place spotless. Um, but yeah, man, I'm at the point now. It's like I'm, I'm tired of being dirty. The shop smells terrible. I think the uh, the the old grease and whatever like just disgusting fluids that were inside of this truck a lot of cool ones and stuff just have left this awful smell in my in my shop um like every time i don't have running water there and every time i go down there i get completely filthy and i have no way to clean my like my hands really except for like these like uh you know wet wipe type deals ah so i'm i'm kind of at the point now where i need to like scale back and just go in like maybe once a week start just kind of cruising instead of being like in the blitz mode that I've been in. Cause otherwise I'm just going to like, I'm going to leave this thing outside and just let somebody take it away. I'm, 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 just, I'm exaggerating obviously, but you, it's, it's a big uh, project. A lot of the legwork on every component, you need to give yourself some like small victories. Like I know yeah. I'm, I'm going slow as molasses, but my goal is to just turn the universal woodworker back on before I yeah. go clean anything up. So is there a way you could, get the engine once you get it put together like just run the engine and hear it and give yourself that, that <laughs> kick in the ass to to move on to the next you know set of chores yeah and i think um i'm feeling really good about the frame right now the frame is completely stripped and i'm going to be making a video for the first time in a while for eastwood or i guess i don't say for eastwood with eastwood's products um, so I'll get the, that, that frame is like the base that I have to attach everything back to again. So once I have a place to put the parts, I think I'll feel better about, about the progress forward. I, I want to get the powertrain installed and get the, get everything going with like the axles and everything. So once I have that place to put it, I think that'll help. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to be doing the, I'm going to be doing the engine assembly offsite. I think I'm going to do it in my, in my garage here at home, uh, just cause it's clean uh very very clean here yeah you gotta make sure um, it stays together nice and nice and clean keep all the parts clean yeah it's, it's really important so that'll give me a little bit of time to kind of get away from it but you know i think um you know like we talked about it's like a 
it kind of the, the level of excitement goes in waves. Like you said, you get a small victory and you're back you're back sailing high again. Everything's cool. It's it this restoration is it's been the most fun. It's been the most rewarding, and it's starting to become the most challenging. Just because it's so there's just so much you can work for. I, I mean, I'll occasionally put ten hour days there when on my days off, and like it's like you didn't do anything at all. <laughs> You know, it's hard. It's hard work. It's it's legit. One one step at a time. Yeah, dude. It's good though. You have all the documentation you need to put it back together, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've cataloged all my parts. Everything's tagged and bagged. Uh, I've got uh, a zillion pictures on my phone. Um, I've got a parts manual that shows everything in an exploded diagram style. So, no worries about getting it back together whatsoever. But it is fantastic. Just, it's just intense. It's it's easy to get to get caught up in the size of the and scale of the project. So, so. I, I'm assuming that um, obviously you probably it would have been enormously more expensive. But I'm assuming you could have had the engine shop completely build the engine for you, right? I am um, probably yeah. The this I don't think all machine shops are like that. This place is sort of more like a speed shop. I think they probably would have done that for me. Although I'm sort of looking forward to that. It's going to be, it'll be clean work. (laughs) I won't be getting filthy doing that. It'll be nice. Nice break. Absolutely. Yeah. Adventures and restoration, man. It can be intense. I kind of, it kind of makes me miss the days of just like running a wall, like cleaning like an old distant handsaw. It's just like pure relaxation. Hey, maybe that's what you need. Go, go back, find an old saw, take take a break for a little bit, do a do a saw, and you'll come back rejuvenated. That's that's what I do sometimes. That's yeah, not a bad I, idea, actually. I, I got a box full of uh, tools on marketplace for like twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I was kind of getting down that I wasn't getting anything done with the universal. So I threw all of the wrenches in a vaporust bucket and two days later I came back and they are all Super pretty. So it's just yeah, nice. Very nice. Very nice. Wipe, rinse, wipe them down and go sweet. Now I got 15 more wrenches uh, to add to the drawer. Cool, dude. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. not a bad idea. Got to have the small ones. Got to keep that motivation going. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I'm with you. Should well, be ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening in to the Restoration Podcast. Remember, we always want to hear from you. Please hit us up on our Instagram at the Restoration Podcast. Uh, tag us in in your photos. Send us a message with what you're working on. Uh, we'd love to see it. And remember, you can also contact us on our Gmail at the Restoration Podcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Thanks, Thanks guys. Have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs> uh-huh.